it's a Ooh. stupid idea. Obviously, Jamie O'Hara is international break. He's run out of content and he's just spouting utter bollocks like he does every time he gets onto a microphone somehow. Um... What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Footy Fetish Podcast with myself, Alfie, and my boy, Ollie. Oh. What is going on? Sorry for no camera. Um, for some reason, Discord's being a pain in the ass for me and not letting me turn my camera on, so you'll just see a lovely photo of me. And you've got my lovely face the whole podcast. Um, you you lucky, lucky Ollie's people. ugly mug the entire time. You lucky, lucky um. bastards. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so today's podcast will be mainly just news stuff, really, with, with a big bit of news in particular, which we'll start off with. But there is no football, obviously, this weekend. So, no Premier League, anyway. Uh, no Premier League football, anyway. There's international stuff, but to be honest, who really cares at this? I know I was saying the other day that I like and watch England play, but I just, I don't know. When it's not, I'm now geared up for Premier League now. Yeah, and that's how I, I just, feel. Yeah, I just want well get the Premier League back. But let's let's talk about some Premier League stuff. Because the first thing and the biggest news probably in the season of the season so far is the fact that Newcastle's three hundred million pound takeover by Saudi Arabia's public interest fund is done. They have the new eighty percent state well, they have a controlling eighty percent stake, which uh, obviously was Mike Ashley's ending his fourteen year ownership of the club. Um, which I'm sure, sure Newcastle fans are very, very happy about. Ollie, what, what was your uh, initial thoughts, mate, after you saw this? Um, I think there's going to be pros and cons, really. Um, I think it's going to be good for the Newcastle fans to finally have some investment they can spend and hopefully improve their team. Um, whether or not they hope it's going to be like what happened to City is sort of another question. Um, they've got more money than the City owner, but whether or not whether they're going to invest it as I say it's a, it's a different question there but um, I think a lot of Pitt fans are also going to be maybe a little bit annoyed um, kind, of, kind of pissed off that they're kind of just selling out really um, to people that don't or they're not known for having the best um, what's the word um, sort of human rights yeah, yeah, <laughs> opinions yeah. or anything so yeah I think it's going to split Newcastle fans really but for me, couldn't really care less. <laughs> I'm glad Mike Ashley's gone. That's a, that's a positive, but other than yeah. that, yeah, it's what it is. Yeah, no, I, uh, I, yeah, it's one of those hard ones because obviously, yeah, like I think all Newcastle. I don't think there's gonna be a single Newcastle fan that's not happy to see the back of Mike Ashley and evident and Steve Bruce, which has always been reported, is he's going to be let go of duties um, way God. too late into his uh, Newcastle career. Should have been let go a long time ago, but um, but yeah, I mean, I've seen some weird things about this because I've seen some like some rumors online that they're only going to be giving up like giving up like fifty million pounds as transfer uh, in the transfer market each season. Which like, if that yeah. is the case, then they're not going to catch up to the top six yeah. or the top four anyway. Fifty Any million to them yeah. is nothing. Yeah, Spare exactly. I, just, I don't know. It's going to be interesting, but uh, obviously. Um, I'll just go through a bit of history for people that don't know, um, and then we can talk obviously a bit more more in depth about what it means for the rest of the Premier League and, and what the state of that team is going to look like in the future. But um, obviously, it was in July 2020 the uh, consortium withdrew the deal after the Premier League found out they had failed to crack down on illegal streaming sites that showed the Premier League fo- uh, showed Premier League football in Saudi Arabia. Now, I mean, they I've seen that they think they've served their ban and sort of resolved the issue, and now obviously have had the green light to purchase the club. Um, they said that they want to start investing as soon as uh, January, which if it's 50 million in January, that's pretty decent to be fair to start yeah. off with. Um, but obviously they'll have to abide by FFP guidelines. Now for, for transfers and stuff like that, I, I don't, even with like, even if they do spend a lot of money, it's going to take them a long time to build this club oh, yeah, because they've got to get a manager. And for the first few players that are going there, they're going to play, they're going to have to pay a lot of money. Hmm. 100%. It didn't happen overnight haven't. with City. They had a, no, exactly. they had a couple of good players. Well, Rubinho, he was Rubinho, one, of their, their, yeah. one of their first that came in. But it's, it's, it's a long-term sort of rebuild of the team, really. Um, it's not just going to happen 
by next summer you're going to think oh it's going to be a completely new starting eleven. That's not how it's going to work. It's going to be it's going to take its time. They're probably going to have to pay over the odds for some players just to get sort of the ball rolling. And when they do become a more attractive club, um, they might be a bit more in favour. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's, I just I wonder who's going to go there. Like I saw some people on Twitter uh, saying that Aaron Ramsey will be their first big signing. <laughs> just made me laugh. Is that a big um, signing? <laughs> well, you know, it'll be there like um, they've repeated. That's what I said. Obviously, he's just like taking the piss, I think. Yeah. But I, I don't know, man, to be honest. I don't... I, even with this happening, obviously, it's happened than that. I, for some reason, I'm just... Re- I just don't think that they're going to do what these fans think that they're going to do and go and make a charge for the top four. Because anyway, and not within the next five years anyway. No. It's going to take time. Obviously, they're going to be in a better position just because they haven't got Mike Ashley and Steve Bruce running the show. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's it's an interesting one. Obviously, we had some uh, some thoughts from the other boys. Yep. Oh, let me just get them up, and I'll share them with you, and see, and we can just sort of talk about that and see what. Now, Harry had a pretty strong reaction. Yeah, to... I purposely tried to not read some of them just so I have to, to have a a bit more yeah. to say now when I do hear them. Right, okay, so uh, when I, I'll read this out to you and see what you think. Um, so, uh, Harry put, it's a mark of how much Newcastle fans hate Mike Ashley, that they're willing to overlook their human rights record just to become a better team. Said, so, I think it's pretty shocking that the takeover is all of a sudden being allowed. Now, when the last year, when last year Premier League had a problem with it, what has, the, what has changed between then and now? I would like some honest clarification. Um, I think something to do with that is maybe they just served the ban yeah. Uh, or or uh, they did serve they yeah or something. I don't know. We don't know the ins and outs of it, but yeah, some clarification would be quite good. To they've be fair. done something to crack yeah. down on these illegal streaming sites or something, probably exactly. show willingness um, anyway. Yeah. He continues on by saying, "If I was a Newcastle fan, I'd be gutted. Although they deserve to be free from Ashley, waiting all that time to become a decent team, only for some people to just for some people just to bankroll you up there. How is that satisfying or exciting to see? As a football league fan, I'll never wrap my head around that kind of attitude." What, what do you think about that, especially maybe the latter part? Um, I th- I've, he's got he's definitely got a point. I think it, it, we're going to hear some different opinions, and it very much depends on kind of who you support. I think where your mindset is, whether that be sort of from a Championship club compared to a Premier League club. I think probably Championship clubs are going to be maybe a little bit more wound up and sort of pissed off by it compared to say sort of some of the other Premier League clubs that um, well, certainly the some of the top 10 sort of Premier League clubs anyway uh, where it's not really going to affect them as much uh, over the next sort of in the over the short term period compared to the long term period but some of these lower down Premier League clubs who are going to be really struggling now against uh, teams like Newcastle where they're going to be sort of improving I think they're probably going to have a lot to say as well but um yeah, I just think that I don't know. It, it's a real fifty-fifty. It's going to split 50, uh, football fans down the middle. I think people are going to be not going to give a, a shit really about any of the human rights stuff. But at the same time, there's also going to be a lot of people throwing the arms up in the air and getting quite annoyed by it. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's just the thing that you'll hear now forever from hold it held over Newcastle fans oh, yeah. as an argument against Newcastle fans. Like City have the fact that they've got no fans. Mm. Um, you know all that kind of thing. Chelsea, uh, second managers, that kind of thing. Like it's all, it's all there. But um, I don't know. For me, it's uh, in terms of just being bought out and put stop. I can't really complain about because I wouldn't. I'd be, I'd be pretty happy if this happened to Palace. Hmm. So I don't want to be, you know, hypocritical about it and say, oh, it's a disgusting thing. Like it should never happen. Because I'd actually be pretty gassed if this happened to Palace and we got a three hundred million pound takeover with, you know. A country backing it. Yeah, um, exactly. Just now, we'll Simon in the chat. Sorry, uh, said Alfie looks different. Has he had a haircut or something? I actually have had a haircut, so thank you for noticing that, Simon. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's interesting. Um, Harry, I obviously getting it. I get it from the ear from from being like a Championship fan. It, it does make that gap between the Championship and the Premier League, I guess, a bit bigger. And in terms of maybe like a a super league in the future it might even push that forward because now newcastle will definitely probably be up for it yeah uh so that's a seventh team uh but i guess as an arsenal fan you surely you're a bit worried no if newcastle say hypothetically newcastle do start to kick on sign players man that's uh they could um, leapfrog you and spurs in no time they could do um 
I'm not uh, worried about it in the sort of immediate future, maybe in a couple of years once they've had a chance to proper rebuild their squad, but I'm hoping by then that it will be a different Arsenal um, in the, by, the, by the time that happens. So um, at this current moment in time, I'm not too worried, but who's to say in a couple of years once they've had a, a bit more of a rebuild, a reshuffle in their squad, that I might be Newcastle's biggest hater. <laughs> but... I, I still think hopefully they don't kick on too early and they can still put, hopefully go down this year which mm. would be jokes if they have to then start in the championship yeah, um, yeah. I'm sure if they do go down they will just end up coming straight back up again 100%. no problem yeah I think Harry's frustration as well comes from the, the situation that um, Reading find themselves in at the moment as well um, yeah. it's just added the sort of pressure onto onto their yeah their situation yeah well yeah I suppose yeah, that's that's very true. Obviously, they're getting. I don't know. The FFP will be interesting. FFP will be interesting and in how this plays into it because they aren't just going to be able to go out there and sign a shitload of players without selling people, and they haven't got many people that really have much sell-on value right now. No, exactly. Um, they might have to ship off a long staff brother, but I don't know how much money you really pay for a long one of the long staffs. Not enough. Not as much as they would probably want from it. Yeah, you're probably taking a loss on Callum Wilson right now. Mm-hmm. You're probably taking a loss on. I, I don't know. They could probably sell Saint Maximum, but are they actually? Really, he's like one of yeah, the few players they have, if exactly. not the only player they have that will actually make a decent profit. Exactly. Callum Wilson's good, but he just doesn't stay fit. Yeah. Um, exactly. Jolinton, they're definitely taking a loss. Oh on. Jesus! I forgot he even played for him. Yeah, they're definitely taking a loss on him because he's just been god awful. Yeah. But the thing is, like, I always, I do believe that there are some teams that, no matter what you do, there's just something structurally about them that where they will always be bad yeah and i've just got the sad feeling about newcastle even when they do spend money i know it was under ashley or whatever but even when they did spend money they spent it horrifically yeah squandered it yeah and i just don't see like i don't know hope maybe we change it and and this will go into dan's point i suppose which he's saying um that he hopes it obviously saying that mike ashley's a shit owner um but so are the new ones on a, a morality level but um, I'm assuming a lot of fans, well, I can tell from Instagram and, and scenes and stuff I've seen on Twitter that the fans do not seem to give a shit, or the majority of them anyway, from what I've seen. Um, but yeah, he said it's hopes it's good for the ta- for the city of Newcastle in terms of infrastructure, facilities, the local economy, etc. Which I agree with, because Newcastle's a wonderful city. Uh, people up there are absolutely lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, and the stadium, St. James Park, is a very, you know, is a, is a historic stadium. It's uh, one it of the, the most the famous. It's the tallest stadium in the, like, it's got the tallest stands in the UK. Or something. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think you're right, yeah. Um, and I think, uh, might maybe now that Tottenham have had their stadium done? Oh, yeah, I don't maybe. know. Because, yeah. yeah, I'm not sure. But uh, I will say they have. Why not? Um, but, yeah, no, I, I just, uh makes me wonder if... Uh, well, no, I, I mean, they uh, they should... I'm happy for that city and that kind of thing. Uh, it's a historic team, obviously, the yeah, air, like I say, but it would be inter- it's just interesting to see what um, what is going to happen because ultimately, yeah, they could do a Man City, but that's going to take a little while, but then they could kick on and do absolutely... They could do nothing, you know? They could just stay that mediocre team, get relegated this season, which I wouldn't be surprised because I don't know who the hell they're going to sign in January. No, 100%. But Mbappe's not going to go there. No, <laughs> no, not at all. There's a, there's a, I think people are sort of glorifying all of this at the moment and kind of basically thinking, oh, this is going to be exactly the same situation that, that happened with City. But it's, that's not going to be the case. It's not, it doesn't always happen like that. Just because you're getting a big influx of money doesn't mean that it's going to be spent in the same way um, or if, if even going to get the same amount of money because they might be yeah. richer than the, the City owners, but at the same time, they might not invest as much. They so, are significantly richer. I've got this table up here. Do you want to hear the table? I do. Go on. So it's the top 10 teams. We'll go from, well, it's top eight. So we'll go from eight upwards and we'll see, you know. So Manchester United are in eight for four billion pounds. We'll see a lot of money. Then Aston Villa in seventh with five billion. So Leicester, sixth with five billion. Um, obviously, it must just be like point something more, but mm. I've not got those numbers right now. Then Wolves at five billion in fifth. And then Arsenal in fourth with seven billion. Uh, Chelsea in third with a uh, ten billion, Man City with twenty three billion, and then Newcastle United at the top with three hundred and twenty billion pounds. Yeah, that's a madness. <laughs> yeah, right. 
So uh, like, they better do well. Like honestly, if it would be hilarious if they don't do well. Yeah, I just I don't that, having that sort of money. Like, what would you like? You might as well buy <laughs> buy like Newcastle or something and throw a load of money at them because it's not like you're going to miss any of it. It's a whole city, like yeah. that, that that is ready to be taken advantage of. You know, you have got Manchester, London, Liverpool. Now they've got Newcastle, which could become a powerhouse for football. Definitely. Um, but yeah, I, I just don't know. I just don't see it happening, even though it's already happened. I just, uh, I've just got a feeling that they're going to just still be this mediocre team that, well, at least, at least for the next, for the foreseeable. Yeah. Maybe in ten years, yeah, they'll be sitting. They'll be challenging for titles and that kind of thing. But then anyone could be. Yeah, hundred you know? percent. It could be a, a case of them focus on maybe let's just do sort of one player a year or one player every window one decent enough player but and then they'll focus a lot of the funding on their facilities training facility maybe a new stadium or um, an improved stadium or something just focus on their actual infrastructure of the team as opposed to, um, to let's just get all these really good players here but and then they're all here but they're all playing on like in a really shit training facility and they don't have the right or they do, they're going to have the right equipment because it's still a Premier League training facility but um, nowhere near to the same sort of level as sort of some of the other sort of big gunners in the Arsenal uh, in the Arsenal in the uh, uh, top uh, top five but um, yeah I think they should they do need to invest in the actual infrastructure of the club like you say clearly something over the last however many years it's keeping them down keeping them where they are um, yeah. And it needs to be changed. Um, yeah, I I don't know what their academy is like in terms of bringing through players. Like, do they have? They're gonna have to put probably some um, some money into that. Hundred percent. Yeah, they, they need to. But, um, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I, it'll be it's really interesting, and I'm happy for Newcastle fans. I'm not. Like it's it, it would, yeah it'll be annoying because Newcastle have been like a nice six points you know, uh, throughout for the last couple of years yeah or or at least as close to as but yeah if they go up fair play to if they you know they move on up uh fair play to them I'll read Mark's through uh Mark's little point on this now I I did forget about that earlier um, he said obviously if he's a Newcastle fan that he'd be happy with it. Uh, I feel like the club has is, is got a good history, and the current fans will be will enjoy will probably enjoy. I think they would definitely enjoy the radical change. Um, he said he personally likes dislikes the big money takeovers. Um, Liverpool fan saying that, but, uh, <laughs> um, but he said it would create a bigger divide throughout the football, and I prefer to see a club doing good business, buying and selling players, and build themselves up slowly rather than throwing money at people. Um, I still think it's going to be a slow build, but it's... yeah, I do as well. They just won't be able to just FFP, and the fact that you're probably going to have to pay the first few people that you get through the door incredible wages to get them under that team. Oh, yeah. Um, ooh, sorry, just take a sip of water. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I, I it's just a weird one. I, I'm. It it'd be. Fun. I just think it'd be funny if nothing happens. Yeah, they're just the same Newcastle. Or it falls through. It'd be jokes if it fell through, I even though it's already done. And... One of the main things that people I've seen online and stuff are sort of annoyed about is the fact that Mike Ashley's getting a pretty good deal here. Yeah, he's getting, considering. he's getting a massive bailout from these people. He has been absolutely like scraping the barrel for the last few years with everything going on with Sports Direct and House of Fraser and all that lot. Um, he's really been scraping the barrel so for him to get this sort of bailout and not really incur any financial penalty for all the useless shit that he's done over the last however many years, 14 years then yeah I think that's what people are annoyed about he should deserve to not suffer but he deserves some sort of repercussions for it but I think the only way that would happen was for the club to have repercussions as well and obviously the fans don't want that Exactly, man. But I, I just, uh, I wonder who their manager will be because because they're going to sack Steve Bruce, like one hundred percent. I wouldn't be surprised if he sacked like later today or tomorrow, maybe. But I wonder who they'll bring in. What about uh, Conte? Yeah, I was just thinking. I was like, who's a big money manager that will uh, that, that could go in? I was like, maybe, maybe Conte. Um, that would be insane if they got Conte. Yeah, I don't know. It would probably be. 
I don't think that they'd be able to get someone that le at that level just yet. Uh, they'd need to build on the squad before being able to attract a manager of that caliber. I don't know if I'm actually necessarily. I think I don't know if I'm actually necessarily. I, I don't mind big money takeovers, but I don't know if I'm actually happy with a fucking like we're we're we've already introduced, you know, American billionaires, Russian oligarchs, and fucking shakes. Um, I don't know if a, a country uh, owning a team, especially one with the reputation of Saudi Arabia, yeah. is necessarily good for football. Yeah. Um, it's, it's very similar to um, what's going on with Formula One recently, where they've just added uh, the Saudi Arabia track uh, for this year at the end of this season, and um, they've already got a couple of tracks in the Middle East. But there's a lot of people getting quite annoyed about it because. Like similar to the Premier League and with F1, they all have these um, sort of uh, what's the word? They all have these sort of kind of like charities that they sort of do, and obviously like um, F1 have yeah. we ra we uh, race as one. It's like uh, how the whole in inclusivity and uh, everybody's equal and all that sort of thing. It's all supposed to be very much. 2021 anti-racism equality yeah. everything like that and obviously they have those sort of things in, in the Premier League as well and does that kind of show that money talks in football well, it, obviously yeah, it yeah. shows that money talks in football but um, yeah you can't be that passionate about trying to tackle these big humanitarian sort of crises but then you let sort of a whole country, especially one like Saudi Arabia, that has got all of these um, sort of stereotypes against them, and well, I wouldn't even say stereotype, factual <laughs> facts against them. Um, and yeah, it's all just because someone's pocket is going to get bigger and bigger, really. Um, so yeah, what could be next? Like, what, what would be? What's the next crazy thing that's going to happen? Like, we're going to have a I don't know, like aliens from Mars that they own the whole MLS. That's what I was thinking, yeah, like <laughs> I don't know, yeah, a yeah, another I don't know, a continent owns a football team. Yeah, Europe versus Europe. North America. Yeah, they just take all the players from Europe and then put them into one team, mm -hmm. uh, put it in the Premier League, uh, yeah. just because Brexit and that. Yeah, and uh, just the world, actually, the world eleven. Yeah, <laughs> the exactly. world eleven joins the Prem. But uh, I was—I don't know if you saw as well, like um, sort of half moving on from the Newcastle thing now, because I think we've—I don't know if there's anything else left you wanted to say about that. No. Okay, we'll no. Um, yeah, I—it's uh, gonna be—I'm really looking to see how it unfolds, how it unfolds. But uh, the next thing I sort of—I didn't put it on. It's not on here. It's just sort of come to my head. But I don't know if you saw Jamie O'Hara and Jason Cundy talking on Talksport about. Um, they were saying that they should take the Premier League to 18 teams to get rid of like the dross of like Norwich and Burnley and stuff like that. Basically, say so, to, to cut out the terrible games that yeah. no one likes to watch, um, which is obviously a terrible, terrible yeah, idea. It's, it's cool. a stupid idea. Obviously, Jamie O'Hara's international break. He's run out of content and he's just spouting utter bollocks like he does every time he gets onto a microphone somehow. Um, yeah, he uh, which I, when he said Norwich in particular was was hilarious because obviously Norwich won the championship. So yeah. even if you had put the uh, number of teams in the Premier League down to eighteen, you'd still have Norwich mm -hmm. because they won the fucking championship. So I don't know, Jamie Hart obviously and it the, doesn't the stop. Most thing. You can get even teams that are con consistently in the Premier League year after year. Everyone has bad games. You can't stop bad games just by taking a couple of clubs out. Like I understand that some of these lower um, league clubs, they might not play as entertaining football or anything like that, and it might not be as to the same sort of level as sort of the top ten or something. But at the same time, every club has bad games. Every club has boring games. And yeah, like you've said, just because you reduce it to eighteen people doesn't mean that Norwich wouldn't have been there this season. They would have still there will been be there. Dropped teams in the Premier League. There will be a couple of teams that are terrible in the Premier League. Yeah, of course, it's, it's, it's going to be. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter how many people are in the. Uh, yeah. Reduce it to ten teams. There's going to be at least one or two in there that yeah. aren't at the and same level as the, the other eight. Like it, it always happens. But yeah, I think I I don't take it too seriously in terms of like an actual conversation. I think it's just literally those two just 
they they don't have the most extensive football knowledge in the world let's put it that way and they're just coming up with content to shock people because they're headlines they're boring and they need to say stuff to you know grab people's attention and clickbait them and and all that kind of thing but talk sport you should get the footy fetish podcast to show on your uh on radio and we'll we'll smash it for you we won't give you any of that bollocks we'll smash it Although they probably love it because it's good clicks and stuff like that. So we'll right. give you even more bollocks if you want. Exactly. Um, but yeah, no, I uh, I don't know. I just thought that was funny. But uh, moving on to something good, uh, which is actually, I- I'm very happy to see this happening. It was an all-female f- officiating team named for uh, Saturday's England Saturday's World Cup qualifier against uh, Andorra. Andorra. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm really sorry. I'm going to have to pronounce these names. <laughs> Blame and Mark. I'm really sorry if I butcher him. <laughs> Just blame Mark. We're, we're okay. making up because Mark's not here. Okay. So, Katerina Monzel, I think I've got that one pretty well. Yeah. Katerina Monzel uh, will be leading the refereeing team, which consists of fellow Ukrainian compatriots uh, Marina Strzelecka and Slitvana Gushko. I think I did okay you there. did a lot better than... Yeah, <laughs> I, I was reading them in my head and they didn't sound anything like what you said. Lana Grushka. I think I, yeah. I think I did okay with that one. And VAR, Stephanie Frappart from France. That was a little bit nicer, that one. <laughs> Thank you, Stephanie, for the nice name. Um, but yeah, I think this is cool. Um, I think yeah. we're seeing, obviously, with you know society and everything now is, is coming into football, we're starting to see a big change in the, with this kind of thing. And for me, I, I think it's only only for great. You'll have the obviously the art. Like one thing we have to get straight is I think we're all very aware of this. Football fans are some of the biggest dicks in the world, uh, and some of the most you know stupid people in the world are football fans. Do you know what I mean? That just don't like this kind of thing. And we're obviously going to see stuff like that on Twitter, but we've got to rise above it. And and I think this is great. Um, but what do you, I mean, I don't see why this wouldn't be a great thing. Yeah. I don't see why a woman wouldn't be able to do this these jobs flawlessly. They're probably I wouldn't even be surprised if they're better than the men because we have seen the state of the male referees out here. Yeah, I asked. I think uh, it'd be quite interesting to see. I asked Harry in the podcast on Tuesday if VAR at the moment is actually just proving how bad some of the refs actually are in uh, in, in the Premier League because this is so many decisions recently that have not been picked up by the refs, not picked up by the linesmen, but VAR um, and. I, I understand that sometimes you, you're not always going to be able to get every decision, but it's happening more and more frequently, and it's getting. Oh, yeah. I think it's also letting the referees sort of let their guard down a bit, and maybe drop the level of work that they're doing, or it's just yeah, it's it allowed them to become lazy. Um, so I'm all up for uh, yeah, a different gender doing it. Why not all female? Obviously, I know over the last couple of years there's been the introduction in sort of the Premier League of sort of um, female sort of referees and linesmen things like that, or yeah. li- lines people, lines women, whatever you want to call Lionos. them. Lion eyes, lion eyes. But yeah, I think it's all moving in the right direction. It's good to see action finally being taken instead of just words a lot of the time. No, we need to do this and we need to do that. Okay, let's do it. Let's get these people in, and I'm yeah, yeah. I'm glad it's finally happening, and not just for some. Obviously, I know it's a well qualifying game, but it's a pretty big stage. It, there's going to be a lot of people watching the sort of England, not maybe so much. Oh, yeah, Andorra, it's not like but... uh, it's not like a Lithuania versus Poland. Sorry about oh, yeah. that. Like, the first two names that came to my head that were smaller <laughs> teams, with you know. Yeah. But um, but yeah, it's an England game. It's yeah, an England exactly. World Cup qualifier. It's a big stage. It'll be obviously broadcasted all over the world. So yeah, it's a good good chance for it them to show. It means something, which is nice. Yeah, it's a it's good chance for them to show their ability as well to hopefully give them more options in the future um yeah. to ref more games do 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 more bigger and better things yeah exactly well yeah so let us know what you guys think about it in the chat or uh in the comment section wherever you're watching this on or tweet us or well not tweet us but instagram us or something like that yeah uh but yeah the next bit of news a bit of arsenal news mate There's always uh, Jackie Jackie Wilshere is training with Arsenal as uh, the club decided to show some support for their former player. Um, I've said it's mainly for him to get fit up to track so he can, you know, by the end of January, he can hopefully have a, get a team or something like that. And to also help him work on his coaching badges. Uh, Mikhail, any sort of questions or ideas around the fact of him actually being signed? Um, Arteta seems to have played them down. And I really, yeah. unless some freak injuries happen, I can't really see. No 
that kind of thing happening. But what do you think of uh, obviously Jackie Wilshere and? Uh, Good to see. I'm glad to see that we're doing sort of favours for a player like Jack Wilshere. So I know he had his ups and downs at Arsenal, and he was touted to be this the next best English talent, and sort of didn't really live up to those expectations due through various injuries and sort of the whole a whole load of things that happened sort of throughout his time. But I, I'm I'm glad that he's he's being shown some support. He knows that as bad as this is well not as bad as this to say but I like to see the fact that he's training with sort of a team like Arsenal and he's not training with a couple of championship or league one teams that it's really not going to do as much for him rather than training for with a sort of a, a big Premier League team especially a team that he knows um, throughout obviously the, the or a lot of the staff there are probably going to be the similar sort of staff that, um, the staff that were there before so um he was uh, last month. He, he I was just seeing on the Sky Sports. He should. He spent a short time last month training with Serie B outfit Como. Fair enough. No, I fucking idea who they are, yeah. but fair play. No, exactly, and that's what I mean about him training with a club like Arsenal instead. People obviously, yeah. we're going to have better facilities. I'm assuming anyway. I don't know too much or if anything about that team, but um, yeah, no, I, I like it. It's good to see Arsenal supporting their their former players as well. I know he's had a, a rough time uh, with being able to get some sort of football, um, and I think I saw an interview with him a little while ago saying that basically leaving Arsenal was was the wrong choice for him because it kind of went downhill um, from there. Um, the he went to West Ham. He went to West Ham for a bit. Yeah, uh, I think he then started. Former. Yeah, I think he started sort of not even that many games for them. Um, North, yeah. Then yeah, went to Bournemouth. Didn't do a whole lot with them. Probably got injured again. But yeah, no, it's a shame that his his career's gone the way it has. But I'm happy to see that Arsenal were trying to help him out and. Get get him to sort of well, get him somewhere with the rest of his career. Um, I know Daniel Sturridge has just signed for a Australian team, I think. Jesus. Um, yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, it's just they can't get any football in the in England. That's yeah. surely not. No, I know. You'd expect them to be able to get a, a still fairly decent level of football, sort of in England, at least sort of in Championship the or League One or whatever. Ball. But yeah, very true. They're, he's probably the highest paid player there. Um, oh yeah, I would imagine so. But yeah, similar to why a lot of players go to the MLS. They're big names. <laughs> Definitely yeah. the best players there because they've actually played in a, a decent league before. Um, so, well, it's yeah. nice to see some good press about Arsenal at the moment. Something nice, something wholesome. Not yeah. sacking their mascot during COVID or anything like that. You know, doing something wholesome for the team, for the fans. Exactly. But, um, but yeah, we'll see how it goes. I can't. I I hope he gets something. Uh, I'm sure he will. Yeah. I'm sure he'll get signed to like maybe the you know a six month contract for the rest of the season or something like that in January. Could January swings around something like that maybe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be annoyed if he was to join Arsenal as a sort of a coach or something and do his training badges through Arsenal, um, his coaching badges um, yeah, or something like that, and just finally give up on that on that dream of sort of continuing to be to be a player a bit, yeah. a bit being trained with some of the academy to do some yeah, coaching work with them maybe you'll sack Arteta and then you'll hire Jesus Jack Christ. Wilshere as manager that would be something wouldn't it <laughs> it would be something I, I yeah it would be kind of hilarious I'll, I'll be honest as someone that's not an Arsenal fan it would be hilarious yeah someone um, that is an Arsenal fan Arsenal. not that funny uh, yeah. heartbreaking <laughs> Yeah, Emo- very hard. Emotional roller coaster. That I'd be like, yeah, I'd be like, oh my god, Arteta's gone, yay! Oh my yeah. god, Jack Wilshere's our fucking manager. <laughs> well, gladly he's not actually got his coaching badges just yet, so uh, <laughs> he, that yeah. won't happen just yet. <laughs> right, so a team that probably couldn't even afford to to get Jack Wilshere uh, for his wages is uh, Barcelona. Now, obviously, we know about Barcelona's uh, troubles with their money. Uh, they got a recorded one point. One five billion, like in debt or something like that, in total, you know, overall. Um, but they have really, they have like released statements about the 2021 season, which saw them at a 490 million pound loss over the year, um, with uh, rev- with the club revenue dropping by 26, percent which is obviously a lot. Um, the club have cited COVID 19 as a as a primary reason for the uh, problem. I personally just call 
bollocks on that. Uh, I think it's down to ineptitude around yeah. the club and who's running the club. But um, oh, big Donny yeah. Charles redeemed to hydrate. Oh, you, uh, you can't see, but I am drinking water now. <laughs> yeah, um, no, I agree with you there. I think um, Barca are definitely trying to sweep it under the rug a bit. Just kind of, well, there's been a big pandemic. We have lost a lot of money through that. Maybe let's say we've lost a lot more money because of that, just so we've got something yeah. to blame it on rather than just their incompetency. Um, so, yeah, let me read some stuff out for you. So this is an article on Sky Sports. You can you can find it for yourself. You just type in Barcelona News, you'll find it there. Um, so yes, yeah, in August, obviously Barcelona pres president uh, Joan Laporta opened up. Did you like that, Ollie? I did. The, the, the little roll of the tongue. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I did I notice that. Yeah, nice. Uh, <laughs> opened up a very worrying financial situation, really revealing the club are uh, so it was 1.35 billion euros in debt. So, as a summary of their accounts, the closure of the 2021 season shows the club record uh, shows the club record a 26% drop, um, so which is 190 million, 191 million pounds uh, drop in revenue from last year. Um, they have estimated that 154 million pounds of that was due to COVID, um, and the inability yeah inability to open both the stadium and other club facilities, which saw them lose some money. Uh, operating expenses increased by 19% from 1.136 billion uh, to 1.136 billion, um, uh, which is an all-time record figure for the club. While they've actually managed to bring their, their transfer income down to 56 million euros, which was uh, a, a decrease from 92 million euros the year before. So they've just had to stop spending. They've had to cut transfers uh, like budget um, wages and stuff like that, and they're just still in so much debt. No, of course. That's the thing, they're not selling another shirt with Messi on the back this year to help recover some of those uh, some of those debts. Uh, we know that New Camp's a pretty large stadium that is going to account for a lot of their, um, well, it's quite a substantial amount of uh, income that they wouldn't have had over the last year. Um, but at the same time, other, other clubs have managed to get through this period because they were run better. Uh, in sort of previous and like better run clubs are always when it hits a, a bad patch they they know that oh my god we're really screwed now because we're paying millions and millions and millions for all these players and to do all this stuff because we're such a big club and we can do all this stuff it, it's all fine when you've when fans can actually attend and you've got the money coming back in but as soon as that money stops it's the smaller clubs and the clubs that are better run that are going to be able to survive um, strangely enough even though they have less money but it's because they choose to spend less money as well um, so in the, the grand scheme of things it doesn't affect uh, them as drastically compared to a club like Barca yeah so uh, I don't know I mean if you're Antoine Griezmann right now yeah you're sitting oh Luis Suarez someone like that you're sitting there just rubbing your hands together you went and collected an absolute well, especially Griezmann went in and went and got a huge bag for a couple of years from Barcelona, and then just went back to Atletico Madrid like nothing happened. Yep. And is probably going to win the La Liga this year. Wouldn't even say he was that impressive at Barca either. No, he wasn't. He wasn't. He was. Nope. It was a bit of a flop. Yep. But now I just don't know where Barcelona go from here. Well, no. what they're going to do? Because are they just going to fall into obscurity? Oh, they'll probably get some Saudi Arabian <laughs> uh, investment country or whatever to come in and help them out or something like that uh, Barcelona has got so much history and stuff and they're such a, a sort of famous club that it wouldn't surprise me if they had some sort of financial help from whoever it may be I'm not sure the Liga might even feel inclined yeah. to uh, help them out yeah 100% just a little message from the rap kid how's everyone doing all good mate good one, man. thank you just, uh, just talking. Well, we talked a bit about Newcastle. We're just talking about Barcelona and their horrific financial situation at the moment. Um, yeah, I just, I don't know. They're, they've obviously, they, you know, they still have players like Ansu Fati and Pedri, but they don't. They're not going to want to sell them. But at some point, if they can't get rid, if they can't clear this debt up, they're going to have to look at shipping off some of these. You know, the players that can actually make money. Yeah, so you're not going to make anything off Braithwaite or Luke De Jong. Mm. Um, you're probably not going to make you're not going to make anything off Aguero. I don't even know if Aguero plays for him. No. Plays for him still. 
Uh, thing. All, the, he... all the money that they're, they're going to get at the moment is going to come from their youth. The youth that they've got on their squad. And like you say, they're not going to want to lose that. But the youth is probably going to want to go at some point. They don't want to waste their, their time at a club like Barca that's currently just failing. Right, so yeah, I'm just having a look. Yeah, no, exactly. So I'm just having a look. So Aguero is apparently set to make his Barcelona debut after the international break. This was an article from four days ago from Football Espana. Um, I just... The immediate return after action. So Coman's got him in for immediate... But Coman might not be long for the job, to be honest, with the way things are going with him. Yeah. Um, a shocker. It will be interesting to see. Yeah, where are they? They are ninth at the moment. In, in La Liga uh, on 12 points whereas Real Madrid and, and Atletico Madrid are both sitting atop the table with 17 each Real Sociedad in third go on wait Osasuna in fifth love that alright I rate it I rate it Getafe doing a horrific play um, got but yeah no from uh, the rap kid did you catch Italy's loss um, I did see that we'll probably come on to that oh. when we move on to the international stuff um, shortly Surely, but yeah, um, yeah, we'll just go through these news quickly because, and then we'll go on to a bit about the international sheen. But yeah, so that's Barcelona. They are seriously screwed. Do you remember Robert Earnshaw? Um, not until I read your message in the notes. <laughs> yeah, obviously Cardiff and West Brom. I remember him mainly from West Brom. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I remember I, the I, name I, uh, more, more than I remember yeah. him. He's a decent striker, decent striker. But I, uh, I don't know. I just saw this and thought it was quite quite nice news so I thought I'd put it in there but yeah he's uh, completed his UEFA pro license and he said he's ready to become a manager he's obviously he's in Wales at the moment he was working with Cardiff I believe that's where he was getting the doing his badges so I mean that'd be cool for the guy I love seeing old players come in and come into the management circle you never know could be pretty good so it'd be cool for him to see uh, see him get a job um, but yeah good on you Robert Ironshaw go get yourself a job mate maybe you could be Arsenal manager in a few years if they sell a sack Arteta yeah, if he's good enough if he's good enough, why not? But uh, now onto some pretty horrible news, yep. and it's obviously to do with Brighton because they are a horrible club and a scumbag club. They are. Um, but yeah, so uh, obviously Brighton player, I think it's come out now. He's come out now. I checked on the Sun. Uh, I checked on well on the internet. And it was a Sun article that I saw. So I don't know how you know we know what we think about the Sun, but you know. Yeah. Uh, but Yves he's been bailed after being arrested at a nightclub in after in, on suspicion of sexual assault. Uh, they've set the bail to November 3rd while the inquiries continue. Him and another man in his 40s were both arrested at a nightclub. Um, yeah, obviously, Brighton have a history of this kind of thing in their club. Yes. With previous players and, you know, players that still play for the team. Won't yep. say <laughs> Lewis Dun uh, won't say who they are. <laughs> um, you know, you know, things have happened and that kind of thing. But Allegedly. this is this is awful. Um and the fact that I obviously, you know, everyone knows how I feel. Every listener knows how I feel about Brighton. But there must be some structural stuff here going on or some ethos or like, it's you know, mentality. In Brighton, mate. The there's something in the water down in Brighton. Yeah. It's very, um, just horrible people. 100%. HMPFC get, uh, making a new signing today. Um, yeah. Only on loan at the moment, but who knows? It could be permanent. But, um, yeah, no, it's 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 disgusting. It's I don't, what, I don't, like, I don't what what it is about football players that they think that they can get away with that sort of stuff because yeah. I, I know the sort of sexual assault can be there's a very it's a bit of a broad spectrum. Sexual assault can sure. be very much something that people think is quite minimal. It could also be something quite drastic. Um, so obviously they haven't gone into details about what exactly has happened, but regardless of what it is, it, it's not acceptable. And when you're a Premier League player, when you're anyone, but especially when you're in the public light and you're a Premier League player, why do you think that you can get away with that sort of stuff and nothing? There's going to be no repercussions from it. It's so stupid. Like, it's just, oh, it's disgusting. Yeah, it is disgusting, and. Uh... I have to say, I don't like making. Obviously, every, you can, I think you can crack jokes about. I tend to crack jokes about anything, and I think it's fair game. But you'd be respectful and that kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I've just seen so many people online talking about how Palace fans have been having a fucking field day. Let me just say it. Put it course, out there on yeah. Twitter about you know 
but there's been a lot of people out there saying oh we shouldn't be you know making light of this and all this kind of stuff and, it, and it's a really serious serious thing and i i get that completely and that's true but we you know this is not it's something not the new. action that is um, being taken the piss off it's the person yeah it's the we're not yeah it's the person and it's the fact that it's another player from a team that have a history of this thing of this kind of thing and a history of you know having a lot of scumbags play for him and uh not no one really addressing that seems to just be forgotten like it's nothing 100 um so yeah i mean i've seen brighton fans on twitter saying that we stand with basuman regardless of the uh outcome so uh brighton fans all over yeah so i don't know it's pretty disgusting. Um, yeah, I it's so I feel for the for the any you know any of the any woman that was involved in this that kind of thing you know thoughts from the podcast go out to you. Don't really know what to say in this kind of situation to be honest. Mm. But uh, yeah, Brighton, you need to sort your shit out, lads. Um, 100%. They need some sort of summer sex education or sexual assault course or something. It's... <laughs> Uh, a sexual assault course what would that be like so that'd be like <laughs> yeah. instead of like <laughs> oh god well, that was such a bad choice of words but <laughs> yeah uh, uh, no I mean more like a uh, no, an educational course <laughs> yeah 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 basically teaches them to not, not... Through, yeah. running through much running through lube <laughs> I shouldn't make light of this into it. I'm sorry it's it's just way too easy yeah. It's way too easy. I'm oh, sorry. Yes, but no, Brighton, you are a horrible, horrible team. Yep. Um, and if anyone supports Brighton, you just shouldn't. Yeah. Actually, no, there aren't that. To be fair, Brighton is everyone's second team. They either support like Chelsea or like Arsenal, but they, you know, they just live in Brighton, um, and they just choose Brighton as their second team. That's all Brighton fans are, yeah. as we know. But to another, from one horrible team to another, Watford. We called it on the podcast a few days ago. You know, we were talking about yeah. potential managers to get sacked. We said we wouldn't be surprised if Zisco Munez was sacked due to Watford's gun-ho nature. Mm. And lo and behold, after 10 months in charge, getting them, you know, going on a 14-game win streak at the end of the championship to get them into the Premier League, they've sacked him. Yep. They've sacked him. Then not even doing that bad this year so yeah, far. That's what me and Harry said in the podcast on Tuesday. We're like, yeah, they, they've sacked him. And they're like, don't 100% understand why because they're not doing bad but they're not also they're not also doing sort of too great but they're doing better than our public than what, than what I expected at the beginning of the season anyway um, yeah but it, like I'm you say you. Watford are very much just yeah very trigger happy with that sort of thing yeah I uh, I just I, they're such a joke of a club man they're such a joke I hope they go down because they've got Clo- I like Claudio Ranieri in it yeah. Um, and it's a win-win situation for Ranieri. Is it? It's almost for Zisco Munez. It's not a bad situation for him because if you go to Watford and you get sacked, there's no way that that can be held against you. Yeah. Because they do it with every single manager they have. They mm-hmm. sack them either justly or unjustly. Do you know what I mean? And you know, it's given him. A platform to look on the front you know there'll be team there'll be a, a good Serie A team that'll come out for him or a good Bundesliga team that'll Probably. come for him maybe even another Premier League team or a championship team so you know it's all gonna be fine but Ranieri man I just don't see him doing anything good with this Watford team if I have to be honest I think they're gonna get relegated now yeah um I didn't under Munez under Zisco yeah so I think yeah Ranieri's He's, he's he's got experience in the Premier League, but it's a new team to him, new players, and there's only about what, one decent player in that team at the moment, Saul, and that's about it. Um, yeah. Other than that, it's just Josh King at a stretch. Yeah, yeah. Well, he doesn't start all the but time, even, but... Yeah, but not even like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I I hope Ranieri does well for Ranieri's sake. I but. I also kind of hope that he doesn't do very well for Watford's sake, just because it's funny, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. But I, I don't know. Yeah, it'd be. It's, it's, it, ugh, they're just such a Timbot team. They're such a Timbot team. Like, I've seen Watford fans saying, oh, "That's just the way we're run." I was like, "But you don't go anywhere. You just come up and down, up and down, up and down. You're not a team like, you know, like Palace or like Brighton or like Villa, who have set 
an idea of what they want to do and where they want to and what they want to become and actually giving it a go they just you know they just either aim is to survive they survive and they sack their manager because they want to move forward but then they don't but then there's like okay we just need to survive they don't they get relegated so then they're like right we need a manager that's gonna be able to take us into premier league they get one that takes them into the premier league he does okay they sack him because he's not pushing them higher than they think they should be yeah and it's just it's just a vicious cycle that Watford like Watford will never be anything more than they are because no, of, of they don't they can never have a plan put in place that or anything to lower like their that. expectations yeah yeah exactly and just you know put faith in a manager for god's sake yeah i know team sometimes you see like well a bit like what brentford are doing this year what leeds did last year what Sheffield United did the year before that, I think, when teams come up from the Championship and their first seasons, quite surprising um, for a lot of people. They they do a lot better than people expected, and every time Watford come up, it's not them. <laughs> they are not the team that yeah. surprises people. They're always the ones to go back down within a season or so. So, yeah, yeah, it's just stupid, isn't it? Like. Yeah, I don't know. It, it is what it is. Let's stop talking about such a tin pot football team. And we're going to finish with international football because obviously we've got Nations League, we've got World Cup qualifiers, everything's fucking going on at the moment. Yep. But um, we'll, we'll go through the Nations League really quickly because obviously last night Spain beat Italy 2-1 uh, for with a goal for... Well, yeah, so two goals from Ferran Torres for Spain, which is uh, fantastic for them, and a goal from Lorenzo Pelleg- Pellegrini from Italy. Um, I didn't watch this game at all. I'll be honest; I didn't even know it was on till today. Neither did I. Well, I saw, I saw well, last night. I saw that like the result or something, or who is it? Someone got a red card, didn't they? Yeah, uh, Benucci. That was it. Yeah, I saw that last night, but didn't watch the game unfortunately. No, I uh, yeah, neither did I. But uh, I, I fair play. I mean, Nations League. I don't really care about the Nations League. But one thing that is cool is I don't know if you saw this. But a Barcelona player by the name of Gavi started for Spain last night, becoming yeah. the youngest player to start for them ever. Uh, yeah. 17 years old he is and 62 days. And he has started for Spain last night. Yeah. Um, obviously, he ended Italy's 37-game unbeaten run. Obviously, uh, you know, their last game coming against us in the uh, Euros Euro final. But yeah, We move on from yeah. that. We move on. We move on. We're going to win the World Cup. It's coming home. Exactly. Uh, uh, but the other, the other uh, semi-finals tonight: Belgium versus France, which I might actually watch that tonight. What time is it on? Eight, probably. Yeah. Something like that. Uh, no, Seven forty-five. It kicks oh, okay. off. But the teams are out. Do you want me to go run through the teams with you? Do it. So France got uh, playing a three-four-one-two. It looks like or a three-four-three, but like a variation on it. Snazzy. Um, Hugo Lloris goal. Lucas Hernandez, Rafael Varane, and Jules Kunde make up the back three, with Theo Hernandez uh, and Pavard making up the wing backs, with Rabiot and Pogba in the middle. Then you've got Griezmann playing as like a sort of centre forward ten, like sort of false nine almost role, with Mbappe and Benzema up front, uh, unreal team. Yeah. Uh, Belgium, on the other hand, have got Courtois and goal. They're sort of, they're playing the same three four three. Courtois, Alderweireld, uh, Daniela and Vertonghen as that back three. I do not like that back three. Yeah. Um, and then Castagna and Carrasco make up the uh, wing backs with Witzel and Tielemans in the midfield. And then De Bruyne, Lukaku and Hazard as their front three. Yeah. Um, Big front obviously. three. Yeah, I mean, good front threes for both teams. Definitely. Um, I think um, France need a new goalkeeper. So at Tottenham because it's the same person. Um, yeah. But <laughs> yeah. I think um, France, I think, need to be looking ahead to the future now. Um, uh, Hugh, Hugh Lloris is just not it anymore, I don't think. He's just, for the last couple of seasons, he's just been on a downward spiral. So hopefully he'll um, be gone from that team. But it's just about whether they can get a suitable replacement, someone young enough, but also to have enough experience that they're going to be good enough. That's it, mate. That's what I'm saying. I don't know. I, I just I, you got like Lafont, who's a very good young French goalkeeper. Um, he's the only one that's coming off the top of my head right now. Lafont. Mm, uh, where's Melier from? He sounds. He's... Yeah, he's French. Yeah. Melier as well. Melier as well, who's obviously. Yeah. We're 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 quite big fans of Melier on this podcast. I think he's going to yeah. be moving on from Leeds at some point uh, to a bigger team, maybe a Manchester United if things don't kick on with the, you know if De Gea is getting older. Dean Henderson maybe doesn't kick on as thought. Could be interesting. 
But uh, World Cup qualifiers, we'll talk about England. Obviously, we've got Andorra on Saturday and Hungary on Tuesday. Yeah. Um, I expect nothing more than dubs in both games and 100%. basically cementing our spot in the World Cup yep. uh, next summer. Uh, so hopefully get the job done. Obviously, there's been a, net, a few players coming and out of teams. Obviously, Ben Chilwell replaced Reese James off their injury. Mm-hmm. Um, Tammy Abraham came in for someone. I can't remember who. Yeah, I can't remember who. Calvin Phillips went out, but they brought James Ward-Prowse in. So, this is what I've got. I want to run this by you because I've got some stats here for my argument as to why I think Conor Gallagher should have been picked ahead of... Of course you do. Ahead of... (laughs) uh, But these are the stats, man. This is the stats. I want to hear your point of view off this, uh, see what you think. So, um, this is in the Premier League so far this season. All right, so starts. Gallagher is six starts to Ward-Prowse's seven. Non-penalty goals... Uh, Gallagher's got two to Ward-Prowse's zero. Assist, uh, Gallagher's one to Ward-Prowse's zero. Penalties, one. Uh, Gallagher's two to um, Ward-Prowse's zero. Non-penalty XG uh, XG and assist, so expected goals and assists uh, from non-penalties, is 2.4 for Gallagher and 0.17 for James Ward-Prowse. Um, tackles per 90, 2.41 for... Uh, Gallagher and 1.47 for James Ward-Prowse uh, and pressures per 90 25.3 for Gallagher 18.4 for Ward-Prowse and passing accuracy 75.4% uh, Gallagher and 79.5% so the only two stats I've read out there that uh, James Ward-Prowse betters Gallagher in is starts by one and then their passing accuracy yeah. by 4% now I know obviously Gallagher's, you know, is a very young player, very raw player. But I, I don't know. Off the back of that, I don't see why, you know, especially with the way we play as an England team, you know, if you're going to bring Calvin Phillips out, surely you would want someone with high pressing, high tackling, like, like a. I think like he's probably Gallagher. just trying to go with someone that's well similar, if not more experience, um, someone that's played for a, a lot longer. Um, like, yeah, like I say, he's got more experience. Uh, Gallagher. Yeah, Will Prowse has the free kick ability over Gallagher. We know that, and the set piece taking ability. Mm. But we already have players in the yeah, squad. Yeah, I was going to say, but Will Prowse isn't going to be the guy to do oh, that exactly. For yeah, there's a yeah, probably at least four or five other players that are higher up that list than him. But um, yeah, you make a good argument for it to be fair. But I think it's always a tough one with young players. You don't want to push them too early. Um, obviously, if they're doing well in the under 21s, under 23s, whatever they're playing in, then sort of let them crack on for maybe another sort of couple of months or um, see how this season pans out in terms of the actual Premier League. Um, I think, yeah, Gareth's probably leaning on the experience side of things rather than he's a, a better player because that's evidently Which not true. It's frustrating, isn't it? Because Gareth did say that he would be picking the England team based on merit mm. and not reputation. Yeah. So if, which is what he said recently and when he, before the world and before the Euros. So, unless he's yeah, just seen we'll... going against that, but, yeah, because if we're looking at the stats and stuff like that and how they play so far this season, Conor Gallagher definitely deserves to be in that over James Ward-Prowse. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, this is what I sort of I mean about going back to the sort of the experience side of things. He's just he's got that, that experience, and Gareth must have his reasons. Um, we don't even. I, I completely back. I completely understand your point about experience, but mate, we've got our group wrapped up. Really, mm. if we really, if we we're honest about it, we're four points clear of Albania in second. Like we've got the group wrapped up. This is World Cup qualifiers. We don't need with with all the the you know the experience that the team have off the back of the Euros and the World Cup tournament before that. We don't. I don't. I. This is just my point of view. I don't think that we need experience like that. If anything, you would want to embed younger players now for the next World Cup. Yeah, like definitely. Your, I, I, Gallagher's, like your um. I don't know who else will come in. Emil Smith Rowe, if yeah, he's gonna you know be a serious. There's a... If, uh, Eze when he comes back from injury, if he's gonna be a serious contender, you know these kind of things. Yeah, that's um, what I was gonna say. I think there would probably be a couple of names on the list that would have gone well I would there's a couple of names that I would have taken before Ward Prowse and I would have definitely lent Connor on the Cody. like Connor Cody why would you not take like I know it's another but Mark Gehi he's the under 23's capped England captain he's had a fantastic start for Palace this season mm. why not reward him man like you know it's only qualifiers like we're playing Hungary and Andorra 
Like, I know Hungary a bit, a bit, but Andorra, come on. Like, I don't know. I just, I don't like to question Gareth because of obviously what he's done, you know, and what where we got to and stuff. But I think that these are legitimate, you know, grievances that I think a lot of fans might have, to be fair. No, yeah, definitely. But I, I for one, definitely would have. I always quite like to lean on the, the youth compared yeah. to sort of some of the experience like I like sure. seeing the younger players come through the ranks and to sort of see where they go and it's a shame when you see young players not get those chances to sort of prove it on the big stage and get those bit of international starting the the first team and or maybe not even start but get into the England first team and get some experience because when it does yeah. come time when they do have sort of the experience or whatever in sort of league football then that they're going to be ready for the international as well, but I think some players might struggle. Um, sort of, I wouldn't say like like Wal Prowse and Connor Cody, for, for for instance. They've got the experience there, but they're never particularly good when they play for England by any means. Oh. They're it's sort of shows that experience. It's good to have and everything, but it's not the be all and the end all of it. It's it ends up just being like you're taking up places now where we could be implementing some of these younger guys and yeah. the, the future of the team that's it and and yeah that's what that's the only thing that right now I'm a bit a bit annoyed by I just don't understand why we're not giving these ki- these kids that deserve it a chance mm-hmm. and we're opting for James Will Prowse and Connor Cody and people like this like that aren't that, that realistically aren't ever really going to have a shout of actually playing and yeah. starting in the England team if we're being honest like, I was going to say it might even be something like their, their presence in the locker room, but I don't see Connor Cody or James Ward Prowse being big presences in the locker room, really. Well, I've heard Connor Cody is. I heard that he was during the Euros. But James Ward Prowse, like, I don't like James Ward Prowse anyway. I think he's a bit of a prick. Unless he wants to come on the podcast, and I think he's wicked. But, <laughs> Defend you know, I just don't, yeah, I don't particularly like him. He There is a thing between him and, like, Zaha and that kind of thing. You know, they're. He winds up a lot of players, so I, I get it. But um, but yeah, no, I don't know. Um, bit of personal bias, but then also I think, why wouldn't you give the kids a go in this kind of in this mm. in this situation? Why not? They're playing well. It's not like they don't deserve it. You're taking a a, a chance on them. I'm happy yeah. to see Tammy Abraham getting in there and like Fakayo Tomori. That's smart. But why not just double down on it, man? If you're gonna go half if you're gonna go halfway with it, yeah. But yeah, yeah I, I mean, I quite like to see um, sort of touching on um, Abraham. I quite like that. He's had a really good start at, in um, Syria. Um, he's been doing really well, looking like he, looking like he was what, what, last year. Was it last year or the season before? He had a yeah, a bit of a breakthrough. Oh, year. even last year he was their top goal scorer, I think, yeah. for a very long time. Exactly, but um, well, it probably comes down to the fact that Werner was disallowed 15 goals last year. But yeah, I think that's Kovacic another... is their top Premier League scorer. <laughs> Kovacic, um, not... yeah, Kovacic. <laughs> genuinely, I think I remember seeing it's like Kovacic and Jorginho were their two highest goal scorers in the oh, Premier yeah, League. I guess Jorginho takes all the pens. So yeah, yeah, fair uh, enough. But no, I, uh, I, I just a bit gutted because I would, I obviously pers- for personal reasons, I would love to see Mark Gehi and and yeah. uh, other than the fact that they're they're good young players, they are also passionate. yeah, of course. Exactly. exactly. Well, Palace play, but, one of them is a Palace player for the time being. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But hopefully we can make that permanent, but that will be another another story for another day. Exactly. Another load of anxiety for months during the uh, <laughs> off-season when I see him getting linked to loads of different teams. Yeah, that's um, the thing. That's the thing about having good young loanee players from like bigger clubs because they're like... With uh, um, Loftus-Cheek. Yeah. Same thing happened with Loftus-Cheek when exactly. he came last. Exactly. But um, yeah, I think it's happened... It t- tends to happen quite a lot. Players that well, young players that don't get a chance to start in their their parent club, like of Conor Gallagher at Chelsea or um, whoever it may be, they end up um, when it comes down to them actually being able to get the minutes, they do start to perform. And then the parent club goes, you know what, you've done really well this year at another team, so we're going to bring you back and we might actually give you a couple of minutes. Um, and it's. It is what they're there to do. It's why they go out on loan. It's why clubs loan them out. But at the same time, it must be frustrating for the club that they're being loaned to, um, not being able to get or keep um, keep that player, or knowing that that player has done so much for you, and at the end of the season they're going to go back without the possibility of of like signing on a permanent. Um, yeah. 
that's it's what people say. Don't fall in love with lonely players. That West Ham with Lingard is a class example. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I don't know. It's uh, it is what it is. Hopefully, we could sign him in the summer, and Chelsea are not. They're so stacked in the midfield. I'm hoping that hmm. maybe they don't want him, and they are willing to get rid of him for like a forty million pound. I would love Palace to drop forty million on Callum Gallagher. I would love that to make him our top, uh, you know, our highest uh, purchase of all time. But to be honest, in terms of the World Cup qualifiers, I'll be honest. It's not very interesting. The games aren't very interesting right now. The tables aren't very interesting. Who you think would be in the top spots are in the top spots for each table. Yeah. Um, it isn't very, very interesting. So um, I've got a lecture to get to. So we're going to have to pack it up there, OG. Um, we would do it. We've been, yeah, Aaron seven today. That's not bad. Aaron seven at bad. the moment. Yep. Lovely. Not Lovely. Too but... shabby. But yeah, no, um, I'd like to say a big thank you, obviously, to, firstly to you, Ollie, for being here today. That's right, mate. Joining me. And then oh, to nice. everyone watching on Twitch right now. Yes. Uh, big, big up yourselves, watching it live. Uh, yes, sorry yes. about my lack of camera, but you do get to see a beautiful still of me in black and white. Very artsy. Yeah. Um, I, might, I might Photoshop, uh, well, not Photoshop, but edit in a, a bigger picture of you, because that picture of you is so tiny on the screen right now. <laughs> oh, that's all right. It doesn't matter. People um, will be mainly be listening to this anyway, I think. True. But, true. Um, but yeah, no, thank you guys. Make sure to, you know, follow us on Twitch, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Apple Music, wherever, Spotify, wherever you get your, uh, yep, Ollie just put it into the chat there. So if you're there and I'm sure it's, you know, pop it up on the screen, put it in the description for the YouTubers and that uh, and uh, yeah, make sure to follow us, like, subscribe, hit notification bells. We're, we're with you every Tuesday and Thursdays on Twitch and then every... Wednesday and then Saturday, I think now, right? Yes. Yes, Saturday now uh, for YouTube and Spotify and them lot. So yeah, make sure to check us out. We're uh, trying to push for more subscribers on YouTube and and some more followers on Twitch. So if you do have these platforms, please give us a a follow or a subscription. It only takes two seconds and it means a a hell of a lot to us. So yeah, thank That's... you everyone. And yeah, we'll catch you I'm doing them. I'll I am doing them. the Mo Farah sign. Yeah, uh, you can't I'll... see, but I am doing it. It is. It is. I believe you. Man. I believe you. Don't worry. Later. Later.